everyone, welcome to Inspire to Aspire. For today's episode, we have an award-winning Asian-American director here with us today. She has directed works for Yi Saint Laurent, Snapchat, Tinder, and more. Please join me in welcoming Christina Xing. Hi, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? Hi, as a first thing, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm Christina Xing, and I'm a, a Chinese-American film director. And I do predominantly music videos and commercials. Awesome. I'm so excited to talk to you today. So in general, what does being a director entail? That's a really interesting question because um, honestly, I feel like the best way to describe it is there's this quote by this guy named Meisner. He's like this like really, he's like a god of acting essentially. Like there's a whole technique of his. It's called the Meisner technique. And he said that being an actor is living under imaginary circumstances, like living truthfully. And I feel like being a director is like, your job is to allow actors and the people that you're working with to live under these imaginary circumstances, like truthfully. That's like, honestly, I feel like the best way to put it. Like, it's weird. It's like the weirdest medium in the world because you're, you're not directly the person that is living under the circumstances or providing that necessarily but you're the one shaping it and making sure that it feels truthful to the people watching it yeah like the director is the one that's making all the scenarios and making everything happen you're like kind of a magician in a way you know like everyone shouldn't know how the magic trick is done i think that's a really interesting perspective i know you made your first film at 17 years old what made you want to go into directing in the first place there was a film called How the Moon Fell from the Sky and No One Even Noticed. I made that like my senior year of high school. I want to go to USC. That was like my goal. It was obviously when you think of like film school, USC is the first school you think of, right? And I got a huge rejection and it like broke my heart. And I kind of was like, oh man, like I got to like just make my dream movie. Like in high school, I might not do this ever again. I was thinking about going into teaching actually, like teaching film. Like, I don't know. I was so conflicted during that time. Um, my senior year so I made this 40 minute musical it was like I poured my whole heart into it I focused more on that than my grades like it was like that was the movie for me and with that movie not only did I get into like another school with like almost a full ride and and stuff but like that movie really like blew up on the internet and it kind of it got me signed by adolescent content like which was like the first company that kind of saw me as like a person who could make commercials and make money from that and it was so unexpected. Like it blew up in Thailand. It was like super crazy. And I don't know, that's why I'm a big believer. Like when, when you feel like giving up, the universe has strange ways of drawing you back in and telling you like, no, no, stop it. You know, the thing that I'd end up doing actually, I was like always the person that was like, oh man, like I'm going to be a writer. Cause I, I was someone who is kind of like, I don't know, reserved. And then I dabbled in like wanting to be a DP for a bit or like a first AC. I kind of tried everything and then I kind of found myself going back to directing because I don't know people like my professors would be like you're really good at working with actors like you have a you have a knack for this and and I'd kind of be like oh you know whatever but and then I realized it was just like everything I loved about making films and like I was passionate about lined up to directing I was just so against saying it because like there was no one who like looked like me who necessarily did it so it didn't feel like it was possible and I wanted to save myself from the heartbreak. Yeah, well, I'm so glad you got into directing, and now you're making these amazing projects. Um, from your very first project up to now, what's been your favorite film that you've directed? That's it's like asking you to pick like a chill child. It's it's <laughs> it's hard to say, but actually, there's one that hasn't come out yet. It's a uh, Space Girl by Francis Forever. It's a music video I just did. Um, 
that has been probably like my best music video so far and i'm really passionate about that one but it comes out in a few days so i'm certainly looking forward to that music video the song has been such a hit on tiktok and other social media platforms so i'm excited to see how the music video comes out you've built your career up so much from directing a film at 17 and now you're shooting music videos for these big artists and companies how did you build up your career up to now i would say in music videos I got really lucky in a way because, you know, one of the videos I made for like $2,500, which is Wish You Were Gay, kind of, it went viral on the internet. And with that like viral video, I was able to like get represented by like reps and also like my, one of my really, really solid, amazing friends, Tim Hedricks, he's an amazing director himself. Like he introduced me to like my production company right now, Simeon. And I was just like super blessed to be like around really good people who like believed in me. I can't even imagine what like my career path there would be like if that didn't happen. And then with commercials, it was kind of a similar thing where it was like, I was kind of a risky bet for like a lot of people. Cause like I had not really done any like really huge commercials yet at the time. And when I was first signed to like another company in the beginning, adolescent content, like I hadn't done any. So it was just a lot of people really like placing their bets that I would be like a, a lucky draw. And I guess it, it turned out to work okay. Yeah, that's so awesome. How did it feel to direct for these big companies? It was, once again, very fish out of water for me because it's something super strange about doing this like directing thing is like you start off with something like $500 when you first start making stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of money. And then it graduates into like 2000 and then 5000 and then 10 and 15 and then 25. And now like, you know, I'm now working on stuff that's like $250,000, you know? And like, when I was at that level of like, I would say like Snapchat, Tinder and like Crayola, it was like, that was the first time I'd gotten a budget that was like pretty big. I, I didn't even, I was kind of shocked, you know, it, it was really, it felt really crazy for these brands to trust my vision for the first time. And then that's kind of like also what helped me realize like, oh, like, wow, like I can make a living from this. Like, this is something that people actually care about that I do. Mm-hmm. And when you're directing these commercials for these big companies, how did you go about coordinating with everyone to create this beautiful end product? It's so I a lot of that, I have to say, goes credit to like the producer, because like it's like it's so funny. The director will just kind of be the person that like comes up with the creative stuff. And then they like go to their producer and they kind of are like, oh, my gosh, like, how do I do it now? Like, Because the producer is like the logistical person. But um, as for like the DP and stuff like that, like. I had been working with like my best friend Shane since I was like 16. Like we started first making movies together and we kind of like grew together. And so it was always easy for me to find a DP in that sense because it was like, oh my gosh, like it's gonna be Shane. And like, yeah, I guess like the more you create stuff with like people and friends, like the more you kind of realize like, oh, like crewing up is like super easy. Yeah, it's so cool how you're able to work together with so many of your friends that you've been working with since the very beginning. So we're talking a lot about commercials, but I also know that you've done several music videos for artists like Kenzie and Fiji Blue. What's the main difference of directing commercials versus music videos? Yeah, I would say that like um, each project is 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 different. It has like a different set of challenges, and like I think the flexibility to becoming a, a successful director and a good director is like knowing how to remain true to yourself in certain circumstances while also you know, obviously adapting to what the project needs. So like a good example would be like the main difference between a music video and a commercial is that like 
there's usually more money being put into a commercial. And, but at, at the same time, there's more, more eyes and more people who have like things to say about what goes on behind the scenes of commercials. So it's like, you're constantly, you constantly have to adjust to notes that you're being given versus music videos. You, you kind of have that, but at the same time, there's a lot less money. And also like, it's usually like so last minute put together type stuff. So it's like, there's not as much as that. There's like more creative freedom there, but you know, it's like pick and choose every project, you know? I know you mentioned that there's more eyes on commercials and I totally agree. I think we see commercials everywhere, whether that be on TV, on YouTube or other platforms. Um, but with more eyes, I'm guessing that there might be a little more varying opinions. How do you deal with the potential criticisms that might come with your work? Yeah, I think that's that's a really solid question. I actually like, um, I get asked like by my peers that a lot. I think Honestly, there was a time period when I first started where it felt like any notes that I didn't necessarily agree with where I, I thought were like, you know, stupid notes were like kind of criticism in a way. But now like growing and maturing more as a creator, I've realized like, you know, like at the end of the day, I, I'm serving as like a, a vision, like a person to kind of help with their vision to kind of bring it together. And I, I'm allowed to have my reservations if I know the product is not going to turn out. I need, like, it's my job to protect that for the client and also, like, myself. But at the same time, it's, like, it's also just, it's theirs. Like, I have to remember, like, no matter if I disagree with whatever, like, they're the ones funding it. They're the ones paying for it. And, like, they might see something that I don't see. So I think, like, that's kind of the best way to deal with it. Kind of pick and choose your battles in a way. Don't fight every no. Only fight the ones that you think are really just going to jeopardize the integrity of the project. Yeah, I think criticism can sometimes be like a hard thing to swallow, but it's such an important part of everyone's career. And I think your perspective on it is so great, um, especially in the film industry where there's bound to be criticism. On that note, we'll be taking a short break. And after we'll talk about some things Christina would have liked to know before starting her career and some advice she has for aspiring directors. We'll be right back. Do you have someone from a particular career field you want to hear from? If you do, head on over to at Inspire to Aspire podcast on Instagram and fill out the speaker suggestions form in the bio. I'm always looking to get suggestions on who I could feature next and how I could help you achieve your dreams. While you're there, be sure to give at Inspire to Aspire podcast a follow to stay up to date with the show. Now let's get back to the episode. And we're back. So what's one thing that you wish you would have known before getting into the film industry? There's so many things. <laughs> the inspiring thing to say is like, when I was 16, I was not good at school. I had very bad grades and I like almost got expelled one time. Like I was not a good student, you know, but I turned out okay. And I never thought like people around me didn't tell me that I could make a living from directing. I always was like, I always kind of believed in myself, but people around me didn't necessarily believe that. And I just always followed my gut that like, if I keep on doing this and like, if I'm smart about it, I'll make money. And now I stand by the fact that like, no matter what you do in your life, like I truly believe if you really love what you do and it doesn't feel like work, then you can make money from it. Like a hundred percent. I didn't ever believe people when they said that, but now I know it's true. And the second thing I would say that the kind of like downside of that is I would, I think it's really important for people who are first starting out in film to like not compare themselves to other people. Like 
I so many times I'd go on Instagram and I would see like my peers like making films that I thought were a lot better than mine and I'd be like oh my gosh like why am I even doing this like I'm never gonna be good enough I suck at what I do and instead I should have been looking at it like oh my gosh this person's so good at what they do like I need to call them I want to talk to them I want to learn from them like how do they do this this is so cool there's like a shift in attitude versus like making it about yourself and like being more of a community person I think I wish I knew when I first started Kind of going off of that, what's one thing that you had to overcome in your film career? I would definitely be a liar if I said it was all, you know, like great things and like happiness and rainbows. Uh, I've been super fortunate to find like a community of people that are like are Asian Americans and also like black filmmakers and like a ton of like amazing people who are my age who are doing great things who have been super accepting. But also on the other hand of that, like I've definitely experienced like a lot of like racial problems and like profiling situations um people not really thinking I'm, I'm like when I walk on set no one ever thinks I'm the director everyone always was like oh my gosh that's the PA like you know <laughs> it's it's like being a director is constantly like you know when you're waiting at the bus stop or at the subway and you're like you're like you look at the clock and it's like oh it's gonna be here in five minutes and then five minutes passes and the bus is not here like that's what directing feels like all the time. It's like, when is the bus going to get here? Is it ever going to get here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really interesting way to put it. Um, going forward, what are your future hopes or dreams as a director? I would say, like, um, I'm really, really happy with the commercial company I'm with right now, Durable Goods. Um, they really believe in me, and they've been, like, really been here for me for, like, a lot of my work, and I'm really excited to, like, foster that relationship more and, like, grow more in commercials this year but my big overlying dream is like I really want to break into tv this year like somehow I have no idea if it's possible but I'd love to have the opportunities to start directing tv episodes and stuff Ooh, is there a specific genre or something that you want to go into um honestly this is so embarrassing to say maybe but I would also I would love to direct stuff like I know it's not a TV show, but like to all the boys I loved before, like I would love to direct rom-com stuff or never have I ever, like I love coming of age stuff. And like, it's just like, I honestly feel like movies like to all the boys I loved before, it was directed by an Asian woman. There's so many different perspectives that can come from that. That would be super interesting. That's so cool. I'm definitely looking forward to not only your future music videos and commercials, but possibly a future Netflix movie later on. Thank you. <laughs> As a last thing, in one sentence, what would you say to inspire Generation Z? There are so many things I would say to like my younger self or like anyone who's younger than me. But I guess like the big thing would be, like I said, like I didn't have good grades like I wasn't ever like anything close to a studious student at all and I made it out okay so it's not the end of the world if you don't get into your dream college it's also not the end of the world at all like if you aren't the best in your luck right now like I truly believe if you love doing something just go for it it'll happen for you yeah, I think that's great advice. In today's discussion, I was really reminded of something Steve Jobs once said. He said, you have to be burning with an idea or a problem or a wrong that you want to write. If you're not passionate enough from the start, you'll never stick it out. Despite Christina's setbacks in the beginning, she continued to pursue filmmaking and has grown her career so much up to now. For Christina, that passion was filmmaking, and although your passions may not be similar, the moral still remains the same. Find out what you're truly passionate about and see where it takes you. 
Thank you so much to Christina Shing for joining me for today's episode. And be sure to tune in next Sunday to hear from another inspirational guest. Catch you later! Bye!